The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I'm always happy to be able to be with this group, uh, such a wonderful group of dedicated practitioners with these beautiful states of mind that we cultivate called the Brahma Viharas, uh, the heavenly abodes or heavenly abidings. So I've been reflecting lately about how human needs and wants uh, affect us, especially as they relate to our emotions. Emotions seem to play such a huge part in how we relate to the experiences that we have. You know, sometimes we relate to experiences by wanting more, you know, especially if something meets our needs and wants, we want it to continue. We want more. And in part because the accompanying emotions feel good. Or, of course, we've all done this. We can relate to an experience at times by pushing it away, if it doesn't meet our needs and wants, very often we want it to stop, and partly because the accompanying emotions are unpleasant or unwanted. And, of course, there are times when we're not really tuned in to the emotional impact of an experience. We can be kind of oblivious to the way that we're relating to it, perhaps not mindful of the way it's affecting us. So these are three major, you know, ways humans are conditioned to relate to things that can lead to suffering. Um, we're born with this interesting capacity to encode experience and whether it causes pain or pleasure. And by that, I mean, um, repeated experience with what we want, something pleasurable or something we don't want, displeasure becomes encoded or memorized or uh, contained within the body and heart and mind in the form of shortcuts that protect us against harm and attract us towards certain experience, experiences. And these shortcuts are our emotions. So emotions are lightning fast. Um Sometimes they don't feel that way, but they they come through the body really in seconds. And something when something happens that doesn't meet our needs, we experience maybe disappointment, sadness, anger, fear. Whichever response has been habituated the most frequently for a certain set of things, um, that becomes a lightning fast response. Same way with um, habituated experiences of pleasantness. We can come to associate happiness with certain sets of experience. And that lightning fast reaction has its advantages and disadvantages. So instantaneous fear can certainly protect us against danger. Instant anger might give us a warning that our needs are not being met. Instant pleasure can re- can either result in something like uh, spending more time in an activity, like getting outdoors to exercise because it's healthy and feels good, or it can result in our being addicted to something that's not healthy, 
for us in the end. So you can see, you know, these advantages and disadvantages. One disadvantage is sometimes uh, that we instantly associate our emotions with the person whose actions preceded or came with our emotional reaction. So you may have heard someone say, or perhaps you've even said, you made me angry or you make me happy. Um, The truth is we, in effect, make ourselves angry or happy. We might say it's conditioned. We're, We're conditioned in the direction of certain emotions by prior experiences and then have this encoded lightning fast response to a person who arouses those same uh, reactions. And when that happens, that quick association, it can be helpful or it can be harmful. Sometimes it creates havoc in our relationships with other people. So, of course, in saying this, I want to be careful to differentiate old conditioned emotional habits that no longer serve us from useful emotions that can even be unpleasant that arise to let us know various things like that we need to set a limit with someone whose behavior towards us is unacceptable. In some cases, the emotional shortcut continues to help protect us um, or signal something that's unhealthy for us. Um, We are really fortunate in this group to be cultivating the practice of mindfulness because it's such an important ally in observing which emotions are tending in the direction of freedom and which shortcuts for conditioned experiences are tending in the direction of more suffering. And we need to perhaps see that um, and over time learn to respond differently or perhaps even understand them in more depth. So when we make an effort with mindfulness to notice our emotions, recognize them both in the body, excuse me, in the body and in the heart and mind, allow that they're present, um, let them be felt, but then explore um, what patterns they tend to enact in us. And possibly at times it can be helpful to understand where they're coming from. But, you know, what purpose are they serving? What action tendency do they serve? We gradually begin to move in the direction of understanding and freedom from old habits that aren't contributing to a happy life. So fortunately, as we continue in this practice of mindfulness, the way we relate to experience and to our emotions can come to be characterized actually by kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. You know, as we are better able to feel them and notice them in the body, in the heart, mind, not ignore them, and perhaps extend some compassion, some kindness towards the reasons that they were conditioned in the first place, in whatever particular way they are, it helps us to gradually unwind patterns of getting caught in them and instead to become more free, more aware. So with that bit of introduction about my recent reflections, this evening's meditation is an invitation to explore this area just a bit. 
So uh, perhaps allowing yourself to adjust your posture to one that you have experience with or a, a way of sitting, breathing, being that can support attention to the body in a compassionate way, in a kind way to whatever conditions physical conditions are present right now. Taking your time for those adjustments. Noticing any bodily sensations that are prominent in awareness and how you're relating to them. These bodies go through a lot during a day, during a lifetime, and they may reflect that experience in ways that are deserving of our care. And certainly sometimes we don't like the, the unpleasant results of various kinds of experience on the body. We may want certain experiences to abate or go away. And by simply paying kind attention, we can cultivate this compassion towards these bodily conditions. Paying attention to any emotion that is prominent in awareness. Sometimes emotions show themselves in the body, sometimes in the form of thoughts, and sometimes we can feel in the heart or through familiarity with the feelings. Oh, any emotion that's here. And if there are thoughts that are present, perhaps noticing which emotion they or emotions they might relate to. And sometimes we have recurrent or ruminative thoughts that can show us the presence of anxiety. or concern, or fear, perhaps anger, sadness.
In this meditation, we may also be aware of the presence of pleasant emotions pervading. Taking note of them as well. Could be calm or contentment, happiness. Emotions could be very quiet or maybe very strong or somewhere in between. Whether they are subtle or pronounced, pleasant or unpleasant, recognizing, allowing, and giving space for our state of emotion or mind to be felt, to be known. And if any recognition bubbles up of an emotional pattern in your life, acknowledging that very simply. Just knowing it's here. Not needing to do anything about it. Simply allowing awareness of it. And when you're ready, perhaps sending compassion towards any unpleasant or painful emotion that's present, either by radiating the feeling of compassion, the feeling of kindness towards these difficult emotions, or by making use of phrases that I'll offer, or phrases of your own. May I meet this pain with compassion. May I meet these emotions with kindness.
may I recognize the difference between the person around whom I felt or feel this emotion and conditions that resulted in this emotion. May any suffering come to an end. And continuing with those kinds of wishes or wishes of your own towards any difficult emotions you are experiencing, perhaps even extending the same wishes to any person with whom you find you're experiencing difficult emotions. And if you're experiencing a pleasant emotion, greeting it with sympathetic joy, may this feeling grow and continue. Appreciation for happiness and its presence.
If the attention drifts, simply noticing where it's going, recognizing habits of mind. And if emotions are not something that's particularly strong for you, noticing that, noticing your relationship with them, or what happens instead. Perhaps you're more attuned to the body, or you're more attuned to thinking. Just working with whatever is here with kindness and compassion.
And if what you're noticing is the strong pull that other people's emotions can exert on you, those close to you or colleagues, just some people whose emotions really affect you strongly, extending compassion to yourself and to the other person for those moments when it is so compelling and pulls you.
emotions are uh, one of those forces that can be so strong, it can actually t- take us out of mindfulness. And the good news is that this process of recognizing a strong emotion um, that has taken us away, even if it's after a couple of days or it's after a period of strong emotion or during a period of strong emotion, even if all we can do is say, wow, I am so, you know, whatever it is, angry or sad or fearful, I just, you know, it's all I can do right now to hang on and and see this. Um, That has a power that over time, especially as we can greet it with or meet it with a little more compassion or kindness, over time, it has a powerful effect on our practice. Um, Over a period of time when we meet emotion, all kinds of emotions, subtle, large, again and again, all different types, unpleasant, pleasant, again and again, and recognize with mindfulness what's happening, start to recognize patterns of emotion. Over time, what this does for us is that we start to unfold into equanimity. So it can be surprising after a a number of years of practice to find that we're facing a um, drastic situation, you know, uh, someone's uh, a sudden accident, uh, an extreme of someone's uh, emotion or, you know, a sudden uh, catastrophic illness or any number of things. We can find that we're facing it with a responsiveness a kindness, a compassion, and an evenness that we never had before. And that's this quality of equanimity. You know, whereas before in our lives, we might have been reactive. We might have reacted with strong emotion ourselves, got, you know, caught up in um, our own reactions and had to struggle to work with whatever's coming up. Over time, this practice leads in the direction of this incredible quality of equanimity. Of course, we can during uh, periods of emotion, even before that unfolds on its own, we can remind ourselves to see if we can find some balance, to see if we can find equanimity. But uh, the practice of recognizing the role of emotion in our lives and the patterns of emotion uh, is so key to um, showing up with awareness and to moving towards a recognition of what's helping us and what's not so helpful, which which patterns are great new, you know, or great patterns and which ones are not so great. So with that, um, we can practice with one another in our breakout groups. And one of the things that's terrific about the breakout rooms is the possibility of sharing with a small group of people, just two or three other people, usually try to keep it to two, um, who can listen to whatever emotions we're going through with some dispassion, you know, without commentary, without advice, suggestions. And what that helps us do is to be able to find some ability to share and be with our own emotions without feeling like we're 
being offered something we don't need. We just get to, to say it. So it's appreciated that we share short things in these groups, maybe just one thing, then let the other people take their turn and then make several rounds of the group. And when we come back to the large group, it's great when we can keep what is said in the small group confidential, not attributed to any particular person, but talk about our own experience. So we'll be in the group groups for 10 minutes. And if for any reason you find yourself without group mates, don't worry. I will find you and move you to another group. So enjoy the 10 minutes. <laughs> 